Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes met with Cressida, who herself had become sick with Blood Veil. Vec removed the affliction, and our party rendezvoused with Grau Soldado at the site of a new killing, before shutting down the fake cure being sold at the Lavender Perfume Shop. With the situation peacefully resolved, will our heroes keep this momentum up into the next phase of their investigation? The Cursed Campaign continues now. Fifty episodes. You guys believe it? Episode fifty. What's even more surprising? Great. They're all bangers. Yeah, yeah. Can't, <laughs> can't pick a favorite out of the bunch. Impossible. Friggin' nifty fifty. Yeah, nifty fifty. Halfway to a hundred, which will happen in what two and a half more years. <laughs> wow. Woo. Or a year if you guys fund the weekly release of the show. Mm-hmm. All we need are some angel investors. Yeah. Where's, where's all the angel investors at? The lines are open now. <laughs> need a couple of whales. <laughs> Calling all whales. Please make this show weekly for just a small donation. <laughs> about a fool and his money being separated easily. Hey, if you listen to this show, you might, might already be a fool. We gotcha. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> You're in our clutches. Well, guys, the uh, it wasn't a combat last episode, but... Jeez, last episode was one of the uh, one of the more tense episodes to role play through uh, that we've had in a while. This um, relatively combative NPC and uh, and you guys trying to navigate, you know, a somewhat peaceful resolution to basically this fake cure all being sold. Uh, what do you think? I guess our own desires of trying to bash their heads in to yeah. restrain ourselves. From yeah, I, think, I think Haley said it in an episode. I really want to punch this lady. A lot of people after the fact too on our discord were like, oh, I would have just destroyed this place. I would have attacked the lady immediately. And it's like, well, I get that. You're be- feeling it. Right. And believe mm-hmm. me, I think four for four, the rest of us wanted to do that too. But it's like, the characters should do this peacefully. There's a bunch of people watching outside and we just like slaughtered a warren of rat people. Like we should probably slow down on the killing for a second. Is it feeling the guilt (laughs) for the good of the city? (laughs) The wear rat guilt trip. It's crazy how, because with these like social encounters where a fail condition you can kind of sense would lead into combat like that's that's half the tension of these things too is like mm-hmm. you know this can go either way and a hard one like this it's certainly possible to spark combat from this yeah and like the the roles were all good and she was still really giving it to you guys you know she had these like enforcers in the room you could kind of tell by the end of it that she's at least somewhat powerful alchemist like it's it's tense and and i feel like you guys you know I even gave you a couple like raw deals in the middle of that, that you kind of had to navigate like, you know, okay, I'll do this, but we're going to blame the guard for me not being able to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll do this, but you know, I need you to grease the wheels. Like I'm losing out on money here. Yeah. This is where as like the primary charisma guy, I, I'm definitely relying on the rest of everybody else to keep me in check because I'll run my mouth for the rest of this campaign. But like <laughs> I, I need the rest of you guys to make sure that like 
what we're agreeing to and what's happening makes sense. That's and there's right yeah, there was a couple times time like, where I was like, no, 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 well, no, 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 we don't no, want to no, do no. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, well, yeah, that he was, was like, like, thank too. God she's agreeing with me. We can be done Just get this, this shit done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, a lot of really good roles from Vec obviously allowed this to not completely break down, but it definitely took the group and you know, you guys used aid really well in the, I think if I were to point like a, you know, somebody new to Pathfinder 2E to how aid works, I'd probably point them to this last episode because it's like, it's very, you guys were, you know, aiding on each of these things that like, you know, Vex's not really that good at deception. We got to kind of buff that up. Uh, how can we do that? Um, which I think worked really well. You know, the team synergy, you ended up being able to aid, even though not a lot of you besides Vec are great at charisma skills. There was a couple things too that are I thought were good examples of like staying involved in a diplomatic encounter, even if you're not that type of character. Like we had like Figgy getting ready to knock stuff off the walls <laughs> and Diego being like the big burly barbarian, like intimidating folks, even though like maybe talking isn't exactly as strong suit. Like I think that's a pretty good way to to illustrate, like, okay. You, you may have someone in your party that is good at charisma, but there are other ways that people could and should contribute as well in this type of thing. Like, it, I don't think it's it's fun for anybody else if it's just like one PC talking to the GM for a half hour. Agreed, like yeah. that right. sucks. Yeah, it definitely we- gives the opportunity to get creative with the skills that you do have if you're mm-hmm. not that primary diplomatic person get the chance to think a little harder and come up with something fun that you don't get to do every day. Well, I would definitely recommend for other GMs that are running, you know, a, a non-combat encounter that is definitely going to shine one of your players to let that, you know, let that character shine. But exactly to your point, Emily, like let everyone else's character be creative with the stuff that they could do in the background so they can contribute because, you never want it to turn into, you know, one man show. Yeah. There is interesting framework in 2E4, like more turn-based social encounters too. Like, I think the Slithering had a, like a social combat basically where everyone rolled like mental skills for mm-hmm. initiative. And I think it was like a debate against someone else in front of a crowd and everyone was trying to make checks against increasing a, a point count for like winning the crowd over or something like that. It was so, certainly yeah. like a skills challenge is what yeah, that, true. that ended up. Like a lot of... A lot of the social and even like the chase mechanics and that kind of stuff end up being like a skills challenge. Like, what can I do in this circumstance? And it's like, oh, you can you can go lift that card up to show that like non-humans are still really strong or whatever, like it was in the slithering. Yeah. You know, you can but but I think when they're pre-written like that, the the Paizo writers do a really good job of allowing a myriad of different skills to operate so that any type of character can can participate when you kind of got to do it off the cuff as a GM, I recommend taking those as like an example and allowing a lot more skills to be viable. Indeed. I think it was a lot of fun. I think we got, uh, I'm proud of you guys for not making that a combat encounter. I'm proud of me. I didn't, I didn't know if I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I did know that it was going to be a really tough fight for you guys on top of the stuff that you had already dealt with. If it did devolve into that, not to say that you couldn't handle it, but you know, 
you've already been beat up pretty bad. So it was good to good to avoid that for once. You know, I was trying to think about the time of day that this occurred because I thought it was the beginning of the day. It is. Okay. Well, you know, just take the time sense <laughs> cantrip and then you'll always know. <laughs> I believe you get that automatically as a time oracle. Maybe it's time for me to uh, change tactics here. time <laughs> for me to... The Time Oracle would still let you be like 120 years old, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just switch all this uh, healing die back to D8s mm-hmm. for me, buddy. It'd make my character worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, for the listeners that don't know about the other content we do, uh, Steve and I just did a, and I believe it'll be out by the time this is out, a Zone of Truth where we ranked all of the Oracle Mysteries, which was really fun. We did like a ranker list of, of all of them that are out right now. Zone of Truth 107. Yeah, from uh, from S tier to D tier or whatever. So it was, it's fun to kind of take a class like that and see what's viable and what's really not. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing the spreads on yeah, that. Predictably, uh, Life Oracle is up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh I digress. I want to get into this episode because I think you guys have still some interesting stuff to look into today, and I definitely want to hear about these level ups. So without further ado, let me give out a hero point. This one is going to Vec because of, you know, the great role play from last episode, I think between, you know, really committing to what like Vec would do with like healing Cressida and also kind of handling this, um, the situation diplomatically. Uh, he definitely earned it. So this one is from Adam Kelly, our buddy Adam from STF. I love Adam. <laughs> and he says, this hero point is good for one admission to the bad boy convention in Absalom. Yeah. Attire is black tie. Only black tie. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you, Adam. So did, did he say Absalom or Absalom Station? Absalom. Mm, <laughs> good Pre-gap. Pre-gap. <laughs> See a lot of gap of that black tie only. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so when we last left our heroes, they dealt with the fake cure situation at Lavender's and dealt with it diplomatically, although they had to pay Vendra off. She has agreed to, you know, pour out all of her supply, which you watched her do, and tell the people in line that the cure is no longer relevant and no longer works and i think what maybe some of you missed is that it seems that your gold went towards giving refunds to those people that shop today i heard her say that and i thought maybe that's where it went that that softens the blow a lot i i I did not pick up on that yeah so in order to make her claim legitimate that you know hey i just found out that this herb is not working or whatever she gave a refund to everyone that had shopped that day which kind of makes you know her her gold gain negligible uh, on the day but with that it's only about midday and um, you guys do feel a bit stronger leaving the shop but I think what I want to do is see what you what you do for the rest of the day before we get into how this you know level up has occurred so feel free to keep as you you have leveled up keep all of your proficiency increase and and all of that stuff the only thing that i'll say like you don't get access to right away is new spells 
I remember we had a, an order of events we were looking to go run down. I think we had stuff after this. I just don't remember exactly what we were. To talk to the, talk about vampires. Yeah, interview with a vampire at the uh, Asmodean yeah, Temple. I'm yeah. excited. We mm-hmm. got to do it. Yeah. So you recall that um, Ashani's contact Salandor at the Asmodean Temple had agreed to go to Giotoro's toys before the Church of Phrasma and take one of the coffins containing one of the vampire spawn back to the temple for for questioning, basically, to, uh, to get information out of this vampire spawn. So presumably that has occurred since it's been, you know, several days since the event at this point. Where in relation is the Asmodian temple? Is that close? And it's not, I'm not like trying to put you on the spot here. Is that just something we could, you know, walk to that's maybe yeah. a half mile away? Or is it like a couple hour long walk on the other side of the city? No, no, no. It's it's actually, you're currently in the Heights. It's in the Heights. Okay, great. So, nice, yeah. Uh, it's with some of the other religious buildings in the Heights. It's actually, hmm. you would have known it's, it's only a few blocks away from the Temple of Abadar which is kind of like not quite in the heights is in like Midland and like the commerce center of the city. Yeah. So the temple of Asmodeus is maybe surprisingly uh, in the more affluent section of the city. In, in the heights, you say. Mm-hmm. Based on the deity, I would have thought it would be in the depths. <laughs> maybe part of it is. <laughs> That's beyond the scope of this adventure. No. <laughs> Don't even try to head to the dark lands. <laughs> Just, you know, just one of the first circles of hell. Not a huge deal. (laughs) All right. So I guess we leave Lavenders, walk past this crowd. And once we get a little bit away, Beck might turn to the rest of the party. I was glad we were able to resolve that without bloodshed. I think it's probably time we pay our friend Salandor a visit there at the Asmodian Temple. What do you all think? I, I'm glad it was a very diplomatic sort of situation here, but I doesn't stop me from wanting to punch her in the face a little. Believe me, I'll have half a mind to come back here after hours and throw a little alchemist fire through the window, but (laughs) cooler heads are going to prevail here. I guess in that case, I'm good to go uh, see what happened with the vampires. Diego, Sylvie, on board. This was a win for us, but uh, we are not done yet. Let us go. We've done right by the city. I haven't had many dealings with the Asmodians. I'm interested to get a feel for what they're like. Um, when we go there, be careful what you agree to, all right? They're ones who like to deal in contracts and their words quite binding. So they may speak in doublespeak or speak you into a way where you agree to something that may have consequences down the line. They live by the law, but use it to their advantage. Mr. Saldato, are you going to be joining us? Or are you headed back to crime scenes uh, near and wide? Well, I, I think I I owe it to this latest murder to to keep staking it out and make sure. I'm going to try and do a full 24 hours on this one to make sure the body, you know, if I see if I can catch whoever's taking these bodies. So hopefully it's there when I get back. I don't suspect it was taken during the day, but... Uh, probably do more good uh, over in that area. Before you take off, um, 
You wouldn't happen to know anything about an acrobat, uh, female, I think half-elf name, last name Suspirio, I think Joldon, uh, something like that. Jolstina? Jolstina, that's the one. I heard of her. She, uh, she'd been known around the city, you know, she, something quite right with that woman, as far as I've heard, but she does put on quite a performance. So she, her, what I have heard about her is that she, you know, p- folks will pay to have her like perform at parties or events, uh, and she'll kind of do, you know, she'll bring her equipment. She does like a, you know, kind of like a rope dance or whatever, that kind of acrobatics. But uh, I, I do know, uh, and from what Cresta has briefed me on, that she's connected to. This Rolf Lamb, who, you know, is obviously our prime suspect as the Keylock killer. Exactly why I asked. I think we're going to have words with her eventually, but um, you wouldn't know where we could find her, would you? <laughs> Good luck finding her. Usually when, uh, you know, when Rolf is gone underground, so is she. You might, might do well to, uh, you know, listen around for events, you know, parties, that kind of thing. If, uh, especially, if, I mean, she, from what I hear, she don't come cheap. But if, you know, there was a, some sort of funded event or, you know, maybe some rich folks are on a party, you might be able to, it might be a good place to look. Didn't Mir's mom have a party that she was going to attend soon? That's what I was just trying to remember. Right, I don't, I don't know if that happened yet. Yeah. She was talking to you about it. Right at the start of the plague, you had met with her. So it would have been, you know, she would have been talking about it maybe a week ago. Um, so probably gone or done? It may have happened. I don't I don't recall you getting like a timeline from her. She was just, okay. she was a week ago. She was saying how she needed to go and like set up for it. So, okay. All right, girl. Well, thank you for your help. We appreciate the tip about Miss Sperio, and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch. He kind of looks past you, Vec, and like there's, he kind of like nudges you on the shoulder for a sec. Excuse me, real quick, and he pulls this paper down. It's written in like red ink. He pulls it off of like a, you know, post behind you as as you're kind of talking, right on the side of an alleyway. Um, and he, he takes a look at it. You see he's reading it and his eyebrows furrow and he, he hands it over to you. Have you seen these? Are these new this morning or something? Um, and it reads, Attention, by decree of Her Royal Majesty, the Radiant Queen Iliosa, all citizens and members of the Corvosan Guard are to aid and admit the newly established Queen's physicians in this time of urgency. These royal agents will extend healing to all who are ill and organize defense against the spreading affliction known as blood veil. They are allowed access to any home or building they deem necessary in the course of their duties. All those suffering from disease or disorder are to submit themselves to the physicians for treatment. To aid in the duties of the queen's physicians, know that the order of the gray maidens shall also provide military support as needed. The maidens answer directly to the crimson throne and will be called upon as necessary 
to augment and strengthen the peace where city guards will not suffice. Impeding or distracting the queen's physicians or the gray maidens in the pursuit of their duties is punishable by imprisonment. Impersonating one of the queen's physicians or gray maidens is punishable by death. Knowingly harboring or hiding the infected is punishable by death. Purposely spreading blood veil is punishable by torture, then death. The queen's physicians will be making rounds of every city district henceforth until her majesty deems this misfortune has abated. Sounds quite draconian if I, I'd say so, but desperate times and all, right? I suppose. I mean, I feel like this is just another one of these power steps for the Grey Maidens. Access to any of the houses, any of the buildings in the city. No warrant, nothing. There's no Fourth Amendment here, to be sure. This martial <laughs> law, basically. What's worse, I, I hadn't heard about this new edict against the sick. Punishable by death for harboring a sick person? If you don't submit to the physicians? That sounds... I mean... That wasn't in place, right? <laughs> this, this has got to be a new policy. Something like that could be interpreted many ways. If a sick person is at home trying not to spread it, and they're in a house with someone, is that person harboring the sick? Well, it sounds pretty clear to me. If you're sick, you have to submit to the queen's physicians. I, I mean, I guess it. I guess they're patrolling now with the gray maidens or whatever. To what end? You turn yourself in. We know there's not enough castings of removed disease in this city to to keep up with the plague. We know that the um, the less magical means of resolving this are slipshod at best. Turn yourself in to what end? I don't even know where they'd keep you. Right. Or how they'd even aid you at that point. My point's exactly, Diego. I, and also, what happens if someone's so sick they can't move? Just like half the people who are this ill or that far into this disease? I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I think it means you just saved uh, Miss Logri's life. Whether or not you... Uh, Enjoy having done so. Right bloody welcome, if you ask me. <laughs> A dark omen indeed, this notice. I I guess it means if any of those folk in the beaked masks or any of the women in shiny armor tell you to do something, you better do it. Well, we have nothing to worry about then. We're all healthy. Do you think we can trust them? This is quite a lot of power they have found themselves with. Well, the disease is only getting worse. I mean, if the Queen's physicians were doing their job and doing it correctly, wouldn't things be turning around? If they're going to start corralling people, we'll know in a few days whether or not them corralling everybody is helping or hurting the city. I worry that if their methods aren't effective and this disease continues to spread and get worse, what actions they may take next, what stricter policies they may put in. I mean, they ain't even from here. They they don't understand the city or the people in it. I mean, it's going to get some of the Shwanti people killed. They're not going to willingly enter the city and submit to the queen's physicians. I mean, if you're going back to Trails End, just keep an eye on the folks out there. I don't know if these policies will extend to them or if the if the Grey Maidens will be patrolling out there, but, you know, 
I'd expect them to be especially harsh on folks out there. I'll make sure they're aware of this if they aren't already. Thank the gods y'all cured Brienne before any of this would, you know, I'd hate to see her separated from the rest of the family. That'd only scare her and make it worse. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this just applies to people that can't get their own help or what, but it doesn't seem quite clear. News keeps getting worse, don't it? Anyway, y'all stay healthy and keep me updated on anything you hear about this uh, Jolstina Suspirio or anything you find out about Rolf. I'll let y'all know if the body moves, (laughs) I guess. I'll try and stay away from people that are sick. You're an honorable man, Mr. Grawl. I wish I could say that we won't be seeing much of each other soon, you being involved in killings in the law and the like, but I imagine we're going to run into each other quite soon indeed. And so you uh, you split up here and you head to the Temple of Asmodeus. And the temple kind of rises. It, it seems to rise from the city block that it occupies. You know, a full city block is this temple, this kind of like dark and gothic cathedral. You can even tell that once this temple had, you know, must have had a different style of architecture, but it now being occupied by the Church of Asmodeus has been kind of transformed externally. There are these devilish gargoyles, imps made of stone uh, adorning the eaves and just this huge obsidian double door with these eerily red flames in the braziers to either side beckoning like a mouth to hell. Is there a crowd of sick people here? No. Pretty telling. Hmm. Well, an ominous, uh, imposing sight indeed. I, I guess we approach. They have a way of healing? Should be full clerics. Full clerics, they don't have the cure font. They could certainly pick up something like a removed disease, but um, but yeah, you, know, you would know the clerics here certainly aren't known for their healing prowess. Right, that's why, that's where, like, Steve, you said it was very telling, but, like, to me, it's not as telling because it's just, an, like, if I am Joe Schmo on the street and I know I'm sick and I know these guys don't heal people, I wouldn't think, but maybe they can treat my disease. But, but they certainly can. But I wouldn't, uh, why would I think that if there's never, ever been any history of healing, healing? Okay, so so there's, there's still the other angle, though, that they have the ability to, and they're clearly not, then. They're not right, treating they're not anybody. Advertising. They're advertising. They're not advertising it. They don't have, they're not bringing people in. But, like, there are clerics here. They, they have access mm-hmm. to this spell, and it's not being distributed to people. Yeah, I wouldn't expect people to just show up, though. They would have, like... The clerics and the church would have to advertise for it is, I guess, my my thought on that. I guess maybe I was just looking at it from like a mechanical perspective, right? Like they should be doing this because they can and they're not. Yeah. Wonderful. Open the doors. Walk in. You, uh, I think maybe Diego takes point on these doors. Like these doors are literally 20 feet tall Mm. and you just like creak these things open you feel under your hand like the bas relief of just this ancient looking like contract devil 
with this just unfurling scroll that passes past like the doorknob. And when you enter, it's just like, it's dim in here. The incense smells almost like charcoal instead of like, you know, like the sage and that kind of thing. It's, it's almost irritating to your nostrils as you enter and your eyes tear up. Maybe some notes of sulfur too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is like hazy in here and it's rather dark and, you know, an acolyte in kind of these like red and black velvet robes would approach you. What business do you have at the Church of Asmodeus? How can we serve you? Got a, a, a man we're looking to get in contact with here by the name of Salindor. He, uh, yes, Brother Salindor. Right, he um, was working with some Abadarians on a, a matter about maybe some vampire spawn. Mm. Yes, I do believe he brought a package into the church a day or so ago. I can lead you to his chambers if you so desire. I apologize for the emptiness of the church. The, well, the town people don't don't normally come to us seeking salvation. And so we've had to send our brothers and sisters out about as we have promised the Church of Abadar and um, and the Crown to do. But Salandor, he is no healer, I can assure you that, so he is very much present. So all their healers are out. Good thing we're not sick then. <laughs> we wouldn't want you bringing that into uh, Asmodeus's house. Nor would we want to bring it. Lead the way. Um, and so he does down several dark and arched corridors. You see kind of, it looks like many churches that you've been to, like the, the chambers of the, the clergy, the small kind of like, not cell, but like the small, like eight by 10 rooms the that they have, like yeah, these, these, these single dorms and you're led to a, uh, a one of these many dorms and you see a a small man he's maybe five foot four with these just thick coke bottle spectacles pouring through this book that you know you, you see as he as he closes it to turn his attention to you you see the like pentagram on the front of it now yes uh, several guests hello there I'm Thalindor, uh, may you be the associates of um, my good friend Ashani. The ones and only. I have been expecting you, uh, the, well, <laughs> with my form of magic, the, um, the vampire spawn has not been quite quiet. <laughs> I've had to, well... I cannot heal it to hurt it, so I've had to find other ways to wrestle information out of the brute. Uh, but maybe you talking to it will help as well. Uh, what do you think? Have you found success already in extracting information? Well, I do know the creature uh, hailed from Ustalav. Um, he uh, seems to have come from the County Varno. 
Uh, serves a master there, although I could not get that information out of it. I'm not sure why he's in the city, especially at a time like this. But um, I did learn that, uh, yes, uh, the, uh, this creature and its friends were responsible for uh, the demise of Mr. Giotoro. Uh, unfortunate business that, um, and it did tell me that it was uh, hiding under the facade of um, the many corpses that uh, that you all saw in the alleyway there. It had uh, taken to feasting on the um, the scent of death is uh, is something that these creatures can uh, kind of pinpoint uh, a heartbeat and the lack thereof, and it. It was targeting those carts, the the ones bringing the the dead back to the uh, the Gray District. So it had killed uh, several of those cart bearers as well. Uh, but that's all the information I was able to gather from it. Uh, now it's slumber's stake in chest. Uh, not a very friendly fellow, but um, then again, I'm not the most personable person either. Are we gonna be walking into something horrible? Horrible. Ugh. How are your stomachs? I mean, the creature can regenerate. Uh, nothing has been done to it that is um, beyond its capability to heal. I'm a healer, so my stomach's fairly good with some of this, but I didn't want to walk into a partially dismembered person. Well, you see, at this point, the thing is, it uh, doesn't heal when the stake is in it, so I can't really... If I let it, um, you know, reform the limbs that I have taken, then it will undoubtedly uh, reach a point where it can escape and I cannot recapture it with healing magic. I would only serve to heal it, but if you were to remove the stake to talk to it, I'm sure it will start to um, look better than it does right now. And I can be there with you to, you know, ask questions or apply pressure as needed. All right, then. Or, if you were seeking a different route, maybe the creature would be willing to uh, give more information if you were to let it um, live. I could draft up a contract for it that is amenable to both parties. It's not something I was willing to do without your permission, because, you know, I, I merely captured the coffin it was you who put it in there. It's not really my place to negotiate with the thing. Well, let's see what it has to offer before we start signing things away. Appreciate your help in, in said task and keeping an eye on it while we question. I had to know if we're going to walk into something bad, <laughs> and it sounds like we will. Yeah. At this point, Salandor, on his desk, you see like a wood burnt pentagram you know, the symbol of his deity, but around it, you see like infernal and he, with all five fingers, touches the five points of the star within the pentagram and twists it upwards. And as he does so, the ground beneath his bed lowers into a staircase down. Ooh. What? <laughs> He's got a loft. Show off. You only get this if you've been here for if you're if you're a second year senior. 
and you know proceeding down the stairs into this again like dimly lit chamber you would find kind of like walls of books down here it seems like this is where he keeps the materials for his own study but you do see the coffin uh, occupying most of the space down here again this is barely the size of his dorm above but it seems like it's like auxiliary space for him and he would lift the lid and you see this creature that gave you so much trouble in the basement and the you know toss up the ceilings were five feet tall and he just kind of like reaches down and with a sickening slide pulls the stake out of the creature arise and shine we have new people to question you about your recent activities and the vampire spawn that is now like you know, it appears to be missing both of its legs so that it can't quickly escape wakes and you just faintly see like the stitching together of undead flesh as it starts slowly down the bone to heal. Oh, I don't know if I describe us as new people. We go way back. Well, the reason he's here. Hello. Mm. What are you doing here? Why? Why have you kept me out of all four of us? Why have you kept me alive? Frankly, I don't know. I I don't know who made the decision as to which one of you got brought back, but you got lucky, because I don't think the others did. Lucky draw and all. That's kind of it. Yeah. I don't feel lucky. The the good news for you is that there's a very easy way out of this, and that's maybe we talk a little bit about why you were attacking these specific people, if maybe somebody pointed you in that direction. And then I I was talking to... um, Mr. Salandor before this, and he'd be okay with letting you go. We might have to sign a contract, but we'd both be signing. So, I guess let's start there. What what were you doing at Geotaurus Toys? Oh, you would let me go if I provide this information. I think there might be some riders on that. Perhaps. Distilled down, yes. I, I He looks to the rest of the group. We, we may let you go. You, I think maybe some things we might stipulate in said contract would be don't terrorize the people of Corvosa anymore. Maybe in the... Got to go back to your master. Go back to your master. We'd love to know who that is, by the way. Don't prey on the innocent. That kind of sucks. It's tough. You know, that is in a vampire's nature, but okay. I could maybe provide some information. The... You said... uh, who that we killed? Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of who and why, right? Why those people and were they specific or just a group of people you were targeting? Well, we didn't kill all of the bodies you saw before you arrived. We used them to hide. Uh, we figured with all of the bodies, these plague victims, it would hide us being there. Uh, we could stay. Um, Racker's Alley, you were there. It's very dark. Uh, ideal for those of us that can't see sun. But why the toy store? Uh, it had a good basement. 
the um, the toys are creepy. Yes, people don't <laughs> like creepy toys. So they don't. They don't bother people in the toy store. I think the man there probably did bad business because who would want the creepy toys? I didn't see when we were staking out areas. I didn't see any customers. Staking out, you say? Yes, we. Um, well, very funny. I want to take a step back a little bit for a bit. How long have you been in Corvosa? Mm. We uh, have been here about a month, give or take. Was there a particular reason you came to Corvosa? Obviously, the situation here is would be good for a vampire. Did anyone point you this direction? He takes a minute to consider. Mm. Give me more detail about this contract first. Well, well, well. I mean, like, honestly, I'm fine if we just force him to go back to Usulov. Like, immediately. Leave, leave the city. Never come back. Cease preying on the weaker innocent. I think that's pretty fair. How, how is this enforceable? He signs the contract and it binds him somehow? Magical binding. You could both sign a contract with a the help of a devil that would, yes, bind you to the contract. So if if it tried to deviate from it, it would be You'd damaged? obviously have would... the consequences in the contract. Okay. Some, like, enforcer devil will come from hell and whip him into shape. Yeah. I mean, you could always have the, it just can't move. Oh, no. So if it does something bad outside <laughs> at night, it just can't move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I think we should also stipulate in there that the knowledge we gain needs to be satisfactory to us. So he doesn't, he has to give us enough to earn. The well, pre- yeah. I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, like you're not going to even do the contract unless he gives you the correct information. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's but it's good enough. to be thinking about those loopholes because yeah, yeah. everyone knows that's we got to look out for those in the contracts. All right. I will take either a diplomacy or I don't know if anyone has this, but it would be a much easier check. Legal lore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a cool one to have. I don't. Yeah, it's an yeah, interesting one to have. Or I would, you know, I could parlay, you know, another another interesting lore if you think have, it, it applies. I have underworld lore. <laughs> I don't know that but that would quite apply. I don't think apply. that apply, yeah. Like if you had, if you had like knowledge of hell or, you know, you might be able to parlay like a religion into it. I got boneyard lore. That's the wrong plane. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's the wrong zone. <laughs> Unless somebody has a, an applicable lore, which it kind of sounds like that's not the case. And I certainly don't. Um, I would just roll diplomacy. Sure. Give me that diplomacy check. Oh boy. Ooh. Uh, Pretty low roll. That would be a dirty 20. I'm considering throwing the hero points at that, but then I won't have one. Is this worthwhile? Probably. All right, I'll do it. Let me hero point it. Oh, fire. 32. Okay. I think that, well, the only issue that they may have and we can get there when we draw it up is as you may know vampires spawn are bound to the will of their master 
and if <laughs> if I if the contract would force me to uh, go against that, I would be in the situation where I, an impossible situation, I suppose. But we can cross that bridge when we cross bridges. I'm as a vampire, I don't like to cross bridges, moving water and all that. Um, so you say, uh, what drew us here? And who, potentially? Who, um, my master uh, sent myself and the other spawn from Ustalav. I assume you're going to want the information, so I, in the hopes of getting out of this, my master is Count uh, Ristamar Tyriak of Varno. He sent myself and the other uh, vampire spawn to keep an eye on his associate who was called into the city on business. And the name of this associate? Um, uh, it is um, one of his uh, most loyal servants, uh, Romoska Arkminos. Well, means nothing to Vec. Means a lot to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was about to react strongly to that. He, um, obviously we did not do such a good job keeping tabs on Archminos as we were finding a place to um, roost, but um, he was called into the city as a um, master alchemist and a master of the arcane. Um, the, uh, the Red Mantis uh, called him into town to consult on a project. So Chris, the, the player is is I think missing knowledge that uh, maybe we'd have on Ramoskar Minos. Is that was that one of the um, the royal healers brought in? Is that one of those people, or is that no. someone different? No man. That's an that's a, an extraordinarily important uh, NPC from late game Carrion Crown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Correct. Count, Count Tyriac is like related as well. I don't think he's like yeah, I don't think he shows up. In well, Karen no, Crown, but he's, he's who. Uh, He's who Quinley and uh, Rune are headed toward. Oh, to. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I remember that name. I couldn't remember. I, I knew we didn't meet him, but I knew it was important. But yeah, Ramoska is the one that's like initially getting blamed for all the vampire murders. Yeah, gotcha. Is is there anything we should roll um, our, our characters to see if to see if these names strike bells with any other ties in Corvosa? I was just gonna ask. That. Same mind. Nobility also, this guy's like, there you go. Um, also, this guy's like being so open with information. We might just want to like gut check. This all sounds good. But maybe like a perception sense motive from someone who's good at that. Yeah, yeah. Dope. I can I can do the perception sense motive. Sure. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, Emily, if you want to roll Sylvie's um, lore nobility, you could certainly do that. Awesome. I will. All right. Mir got a seven on the die for a 21 to sense motive. Uh, you get the impression that this vampire is um, is relatively anxious to get out of here alive. And so you, you know, you think if he were giving away too much, his master might be able to stop him. That makes so. sense. Oh, that's interesting. That was a dirty 20 on the nobility lore. 
A dirty 20 on the nobility lore, you know, you're not from Ustalov. You do know that, you know, Ustalov kind of went in two directions in, in the way that its counties are ruled. They have like kind of like a electorate government for some of the counties, but some of the counties have stayed like their original nobility rulership. And so uh, Varno is one of such that is a is ruled by a count. Uh, for this Count Tyriac to have uh, sent additional support into this uh, city, you think maybe he's trying to get like a foothold here, spread his influence here. I mean, clearly he is like a vampire lord or something. So a very strong creature like that could potentially see interest in like spreading their spawn to other cities but clearly this Ramoska Archminos must be um, must be very valuable to the count um, you know you don't you don't send like four vampires to guard another vampire unless they're pretty important so the question then is why yeah we gotta know what this project is up to he did say that this Archminos is an is some kind of alchemist, um, and he did say they were contracted by the Red Mantis. You mentioned the project that the Red Mantis brought in this Ramoska Archminos to achieve. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? No, unfortunately not. I just know they needed his experience to consult on whatever it is they're doing in this city. And, um, kind of lost track of him, right? You wouldn't have an idea of where he might be. I know that uh, the last time we had contact with Archminos, he was meeting with uh, not only a representative of the Red Mantis, but a woman named Dan Dason of the Cult of Ergothoa. I know that name. Yeah, heard that before. If I know... Archminos, this is a fun theory-crafting project for them. Uh, more than anything, who knows what groups like that could need a powerful alchemist for, but he is likely just uh, relishing the opportunity to prove his skills. Diego kind of turns to the rest of the party, too. The, uh, the Red Mantis organization they do assassinations right is it single targets or small targets number of targets they assassinate or i wouldn't i don't think i would expect one of them to you know do uh, kill wide swaths of people i'd allow like a society check or actually i, I think like lore underworld would probably work for like the red mantis Ooh. um all right kind of like a vague lore not as specific, but... I can do society. Ooh, only a 14. I also rolled a 3 <laughs> for a 13. <laughs> Diego got a 7. These Red Mantis uh, people, they assassinate wide swaths of people, don't they? <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, I would actually allow a nobility roll, too. A lore mm. nobility. All right, this will be a little higher. You guys really don't know a ton about the Red Mantis other than the fact that, like, 
they are notorious enough that you know they're assassins. You know, you know they're assassins. You know they uh, they work pretty much worldwide. You don't know what they specialize in. You don't know, you know, much of that. Well, I thought I was going to do better, but I rolled a one. So mm. natural one for a 14. Yeah. We know nothing. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys really having trouble uh, putting the pieces together for uh, the Red Mantis. Other than that, you know, okay, that's new information if the Red Mantis is in the city as well. Mm-hmm. All right. We know where he came from. We know who sent him. We know what Archminos or who Archminos was meeting with. And there was a project, but we don't know what that project is or where he might be today. Is there anything else we want to get from this guy? Did he give us a general location? I guess they would probably have holed up near to keep tabs in Archminos. Like maybe the same district he's in, but location could be something we ask about. Yeah. Oh, also what Archminos looks like. We don't know that. (laughs) So yeah, Vec would just be like, so you you pick the toy store, understand that's a little bit out of the way. Was that close to where you think he might be? And then if we saw him on the street, how would we recognize him? Unlikely you'd see uh, Ramoskart Minas on the street. He is not a very pretty man. Um, difficult to hide him from the general public. I'm not sure if you know the different types of vampire, but uh, Archminos is uh, what is known as a Nosferatu. Uh, He looks very bald and old and angular. Um, Has different abilities than many of us. Um, Can turn into vermin and that kind of thing. Um, it is interesting, though, because he seems to have, well, we were sent to keep tabs on him because he tends to have a soft spot for people, like the the living people. Um, he does a great deal for the purposes of his science, but, you know, sometimes he will meet the humans and, and uh, get distracted. Not in a... I think he just gets impressed with the intellect of certain people and he doesn't tend to look down on the living like many vampires like his... Um, like Count Tyriac often does. Maybe because of Tyriac's age he's just seen so many people come and go, but... Archminos never developed that uh, cynicism. Perhaps that more human flaw is why the Count wanted to keep tabs on him. Right, that's why he sent he sent us. It's not that um, Archminos is not powerful. Uh, no offense to the group of you, but if you... Something you're saying's not adding up. <laughs> if he's naturally drawn to intelligent people, why haven't we met him yet? <laughs> uh, the, what, what I would say is that you would be no match for Archminos, having fought you. If you do run into him, you must hope to impress him. I think that... Uh, I doubt that he would want to fight... He generally does not. He's generally somewhat peaceful, but um, 
if you were to provoke him, it sounds like whatever you're doing conflicts with whatever he's doing. Uh, I would suggest not fighting him if you value your humanity. Now, would you consider yourself naturally peaceful? Because Myself? No. Okay. <laughs> Good litmus test, though. <laughs> <laughs> Considering they just immediately attacked us. That's great. You staked one of us while we were asleep, by the way. I just want to point that out. Yes, and thank the gods we did. <laughs> as far as uh, location, though, I do not know. We did not track him to whatever lab he ended up in. However, in this meeting that he had with uh, this lady Andason and the um, the Red Mantis, the um, some of the people there. And this may or may not help you, I don't know. We're wearing those um, beaked masks. Oh, oh shit. <sighs> That's a big clue for us. <laughs> well, let no one say the information you provided was not of use to us. Then hopefully uh, I will get decent terms in this contract so I can continue to live Hmm. Was there anything else we wanted to ask him? I don't Go. think, I don't think so. I think that's once, mm, going twice. That's good slate. Yeah, I would say he's yeah. uh, mechanically friendly towards you because of that crit success on the um, diplomacy. So Ooh. you're getting a good chunk of information. Lovely. All right. Well, Mr. Salandor, I think a contract is in order. We laid out some simple terms. Leave the city. Don't attack the innocent. Go back to your master. Etc. In return, we'll take no hostile action against you. You're free to leave. Y you would speak better for the Esmodian Temple, but would you be amicable to letting him go? I don't want that to be a... a oh, of course. Uh, we have no qualms against the undead. Uh, just don't tell the Ferazmans down the road that we made this deal, or they'll be for them. quite uh, pissy about it. I... <laughs> I myself am not inclined to see this one go free. Uh, my inclinations for Corvosa's safety, but I understand that there are other nations and other counties where vampirism is is seen in a more favorable light. Do you not believe that there's vampires somewhere in this city? I, there are. I am saying that I believe in vampires. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that usually. I'm of the mind that a good vampire is a dead one. But removing one from the city and sending it back to a place where it where they are more uh you know more not accepted by society but more uh a part of the society is for the information we've received is is a fine trade-off. So long as he's out of sight and out of mind. Out of town <laughs> <laughs> and not around. <laughs> Well, certainly I'll get these terms uh, written up and then um, I'll just need a few drops of your blood and we can sign, seal, deliver. One more rider on that contract. If I ever want to become a vampire, <laughs> I want the option clause. Mm. Just kidding, I don't care about that. 
the option clause? Yeah, if I want to go out there, you want to be able to exercise the option. option yeah. to... He wants a free in. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I okay. right, was invited to the next vampire party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. So, you guys, uh, you, you know, you get this contract. You obviously check it over, sign it. Um, oddly enough, you know, unlike a maybe traditional Asmodian, it doesn't seem that Salandor is, you know, putting any fluffy verbiage in this. This seems pretty straightforward, probably because he and a devil are not really party to the contract except for execution. Um, and so, you know, you both sign the contract. It, it, over the course of this time, the uh, the vampire, you know, you see it kind of fully heal um, and it probably requests to wait here until dark so that it can leave. That wasn't in the contract. <laughs> I'm wondering if we could sneak in an NDA about this whole affair as well. <laughs> Tell no one. But yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, this, this conversation takes some time. The drafting of the contract and stuff takes, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, as you leave back through the Temple of Asmodeus, it, you know, you, you kind of see the sun um, cresting over old Corvosa, um, nearing, you know, nearing late afternoon. And the, the scent of that, like, charcoal persists outside. And you, as you look towards the sun, you see smoke rising up off of old Corvosa. Uh, thick oh, no black clouds of smoke rising up and that smell of burning continues we've got to get to old Corvosa who knows what might be going up yeah we gotta check it out this is not a good sign let us go quickly as you make your way to that part of the city from the heights from the edge of the heights you look down on old Corvosa and you see you know you've all lived in this city for enough time to know the one main bridge to old Corvosa is stone and all of the other bridges are aflame all of them every single bridge besides this stone bridge is burning oh no and you see a force waiting on the Corvosa side of old Corvosa. Oh my 20 gray maidens. Uh. A crowd has gathered on either side. You make your way to the main bridge now after seeing this flame and you hear these gray maidens yelling over the crowd Old Corvosa is under quarantine. Oh, shit. And we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh, my God. Oh, no. My gods. The Bestow Curse podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. 
Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.